that's a fair review. Oh, God damn you. Outside of like, what did you do to my eyes? Ah! Ah! Antidote! Antidote! gotta tell you, it's true what I said. Cheesecake is the antidote. Remember kids, cheesecake man, cheesecake. Mm. Solves all the world's woes. Welcome to the Todd Sampler. I am Todd Quality Yeager Beard and today's t-shirt Bloodbeat More on that later I'm here today to talk about Three Blind Mice directed by Pierre B That's the letter B not B E E you know this name is fancy and yes, the eyes of the three blind mice are mighty horrifying. Like when I had an eyelid procedure some years ago. Are you hey. looking at my eye? Are you looking at my eye? <laughs> Hold on, it's, it's uh, photography. Water Breaking the waves. What earthquake? Breaking the waves. <laughs> Lars von Trier directed by... <laughs> so, for Three Blind Mice, this one stars Mae Kelly as Abigail, Lila Lasso as Lara, Carl Hughes as Mark, and Heath Isles as Keith, Lynn O'Sullivan as Jude, and Helen Fullerton as Clara. Why, here they all are. Now, Abby is going cold turkey. Her family have taken her to a cabin in the woods. Uh-oh. So she is away from the city and can rehabilitate or recover, whichever you want to put it at. However, Little do they know, the three blind mice is more than just a fucking fairy tale. And they may be next up on the menu. There's an underground bunker, secret lab tests, an evil history, all of those things. Now, that sounds cliche, cabin in the woods, but... It's not so much just that. It's not a wrong turn sequel. It's not a hillbilly backwoods thing. This one has its own story. It's a little different. And I appreciated that. 
Three Blind Mice is an uncorked release. And when I saw the uncorked label at the beginning of this logo, I thought, hmm, this could be an interesting gamble. Because with some of their titles, you can get them home and go, oh, well, at least I didn't spend that much money on it. Or you go, oh, well, that was a little surprise. And this is one of those nifty surprises. It mixes serious drama about addiction and juxtaposes it with all-out carnage. You got your family drama right next to creatures eating entrails without making it all seem like two different movies clashing together. It, it has substance, and I appreciated that. It starts off with a bang, with a moonlit night in the forest, and just enough lighting to seem that way, and you can see enough without overdoing it, nor did they use day-for-night filters. I loathe day-for-night filters. At first, I was worried when I saw the figure of a busty gal running towards the camera in the woods, and I thought, oh no, another naked girl to start off the movie with. And lo and behold, she was fully clothed, and she just looked like a regular gal. She wasn't one of these typical hot, naked models running through the woods, bouncing, and it just, it wasn't that. It wasn't a My Bloody Valentine remake, where they had to do that for like 10 minutes, and you're just being distracted with it. Guys, there's something called the internet. It has all kinds of websites, photos and videos of naked women doing all kinds of things. I just happen to know that. But um, no gratuitous shower scenes in this. Oh, you're complaining again. You want a gratuitous shower scene? Well, here you go. Gratuitous shower scenes. Three Blind Mice also has some really strange, cool underground hallways, like a bunker, almost looking like a hospital. It's so different from the typical industrial warehouses used in, in these kind of films, with all the pipes everywhere and the ducts and dead machinery. It's not got any of that. This is a little bit different. And there are no things to make you nitpick to look for what's wrong with it. Like, oh man, takes me back to this one film. Okay, the movie An Officer and a Gentleman. When Deborah Winger is lying on top of Richard Gere and she moves forward, her nipple sort of gets bent backwards and, and it's like you just wanna, hey, your nipple, and you just wanna like, flick it back and it's like she's not doing anything about it <sighs> makes me insane the acting is fine across the board by everyone now may kelly is doing her finest lindsay lowen you know with the throaty voice uh, you know i can do some celeb impersonations as well take a look Down!
And here's my Carol Channing. Thank goodness for four-hour paper towels. But May can't totally get those tip-top screams out. They come out as a sort of childlike sound. But again, that could be part of all of it because she has an addiction. She's like a lost child. There's madness. So it could be part of that. You care about these characters, even Abby. You invest in them. Unlike a lot of horror movies, the characters in this one don't make the cliché stupid decisions. The first gal in the opening segment knew to be a bit quiet, even while she was totally panicking. And Abby herself. She knows not to just scream and who's there and all that kind of stuff. Although sometimes I'm a little surprised that the mice can't really hear doors closing right near them and stuff so they can turn and chase after that. But that's, you know, that's a little thing. I also appreciated that half the cast were mature actors and they weren't overbearing or hateful. Abby's parents were very worried about her, and they weren't trying to be all zealous about it. That was uh, kind of a first. Oh man, my biggest hooray, no 2023 porn hairdos. You know, the long hair that gets here and then just gets in these well-constructed waves. Abby's hairdo was just, it was long, but it wasn't doing anything in particular except look wonderfully red. The Gore Factor. This movie is 99.9% .9 practical effects. That's an amazing thing. All the gore, the prosthetics, all practical. There was some mild chintzy fire visuals at the end, but, you know, I'm not going to dwell on that one where I didn't expect gore, it suddenly was there. And where I was expecting something to happen, they cut away. So it never was being obvious. And that kept you intriguing, whether you liked what they did or not. There were no cheap jump scares that I can recall. Wow, you know, not like the Nun movies, the Nun and the Nun 2. It's just all boo. Uh, no. No, none of that. When are you coming back from St. Louis? What? <laughs> when are you coming back from St. Louis? <sighs> On the first, my dear. Okay. Well, there was a there was a hole in this burrito, so now it's falling apart. I don't know how to eat this thing. You're gonna have to touch it. That's what he said. <laughs> Just grab it. <coughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I can't eat it. My beans are falling out. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I used to hurt our beans. What are you going to do? I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
I honestly don't like your butt. You just got out of the hospital. Your hospital bracelet's on. Yeah, they let me out. Now, especially with visuals, drone shots over a forest. Yeah, you got them. But the visuals were nice and smooth. I have a bad feeling if this were like an ITN release with some of them I have seen the shots are like nye, 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 nye. the trees are jerking like it nye. not in this one yay it had a clear picture not soft and hazy like a lot of low budgeters I've seen the vibrant colors just pop amidst all the dark browns grays and murky greens here are some examples that I really thought were cool. Mm. Some more food for my thoughts. Now, I'll admit, I was expecting at first some run-of-the-mill woodsy horror. But yeah, I was surprised. There are other films that you just sort of come across or run into that do give you that good feeling of wow. And here are a few examples. You knew this was coming because you could see it all around me. Mm -hmm. For instance, Blood Beat. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, and that, that's the slipcover. Try finding these two together at a decent price right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over here, Dark Waters from 1993. Mario Beno. What a magnificent, creepy nuns in the cliffs and just, oh, wow. Mine's, uh, mine's autographed, by the way. Ah. Alice, sweet Alice. One of the first American Gialli that I've seen, and it's spectacular. Il Final Contagium is an anthology that I just was like, wow. And of course, one of the segments was directed by the legendary Domiziano Cristoforo, which I have proudly worked with. And connecting to Frank LaLagia's Fear No Evil. I remember, like it was yesterday, going to the theater with a friend of mine and just being like, whoa. It may have not turned out to be the exact cut he wanted, but it still was fascinating. And of course, going back to Demiziano, Frank is in some of Demiziano's films, and I am proud to say one of the films, What Have You Done, Daniel?, that won Best Feature at the Andromeda Film Festival, I am the voice of Frank Lalagia. <laughs> I had to do a jump cut there because I was I was still giggly. Paper House. Wow, at this time there's no decent North American release of this, especially on a Blu-ray. I adore this film. I love the Hans Zimmer score. Just wow. Blood and donuts. You know, the guy who did Cube was on the crew of this one. Blood and Donuts is an amazing film. I always cry at the end. 
and I've seen it dozens of times. Amazing. Gabe Bartolos's Saint Bernard. Now, this is entering the realm of movies that were in the what the fuckery range. You go in blind and you're just like, and, and it's very, very rewarding that way. The same thing goes for Matthew Barney's Cremaster 3, The Order. It's a piece of performance art that I can't even describe. You just have to see it with your own eyes. And Taxidermia. Boom! Right? Well, you'll see if you've seen it. And why, of course, Mary Lambert's Siesta, which also needs a proper North American disc release, particularly blue. Oh! <laughs> That's better. But then you're also entering the realm of something existential and mind-altering like Mr. Footlong's Encounter. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about it a little bit. And then you have the very thought-provoking lyrics and music of Inflatable Boy Clams, as well as the heavenly intonations of the Del Rubio triplets. I got to hang out and party with them. Here's proof. If some of you are getting tired of this signature thing I have of cheesecake, fuck you. Now, here's something that you might think is, well, why are you mentioning it? But, hey, Three Blind Mice had minimal cursing. You know, some of these horror films, especially, I think it's to cover up or distract you from a lack of actual substance or something. But every third word is fuck in those movies. This one, yeah, sure, they drop some F-bombs, but it's not like all the time. You can't have a drinking game with that word in this one. Now, when all the craziness and the shit hits the fan, you'd think Abby would sober up rather quickly and think that would be the lesson she learns. But it doesn't really do that. She kind of sinks into more of a madness. And her family thinks, oh, she's really gone over the edge. She was doing drugs out in the woods. But then all that other stuff happens and involves her family. And it just gets really intense. And that's a rarity in films like this as well, to maintain that tenseness. The second half is one big chase, but it keeps moving and adding elements to it. It's not like prom night where that just it's just chase down the hall, chase down the hall, chase down the hall, nor rob zombies Halloween. Oh God, don't get me started on that one. But I'll say with the endless chase that goes nowhere and characters that <clears throat> God, it's making me... <coughs> hmm. And I'm talking about Rob Zombie's Halloween. Characters that are so incredibly unlikable that you're just like, so just knock them off already. Including Laurie. She's a bitch. 
Three blind mice doesn't do that, is what I'm trying to say. This one, you're actually interested in the characters. Ah! You don't hate them. You don't want this one knocked off first or that one. Everyone has their role. Whether you might not like what they say or something, it all comes together. So you're probably wondering, Todd, what did you really think of Three Blind Mice? <laughs> okay, so it might not win a lot of awards. It might be something you'll run across on your shelf later and go, oh yeah, that one. Maybe you'll watch it again because it was interesting. It didn't really have anything that extraneous. I appreciated that. It just got right into it. And I had some fun. I was really invested in the characters and what was going on in this one. Well, that sure deserves a bite of cheesecake, man. Cheesecake. God damn it. Mmm. So, for the Todd Sampler, or without your head, I am Todd Quality Yeager. Thanks for watching. Oh, <laughs> kids, if you must know, it's, it's kefir, so... I'm not really eating vomit. What kind of a sick fuck do you think I am? Well, I know, but still, come on. It... Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Secondhand cheesecake. Okay. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to...